0: Hi, on the 5th and 6th of June 2024, I'll be speaking at the largest AI event in Asia, Super AI in Singapore at the iconic Marina Bay Sands. Alongside brilliant minds like Edward Snowden, Benedict Devon and Balaji Srinivasan, I'll be on a stage exploring the extraordinary potential of AI and the profound change it represents not just for financial markets, but also for the world as we know it. With over 5,000 attendees and over 150 side events, Singapore will become a vibrant hub for a full week from the 3rd and 9th of June. Visit superai.com to register and join me with 20% off tickets using the code RealVision. Use the link in the description, and I'll see you there. It's going to be incredible.
1: What's next for the U S dollar. Welcome to real vision daily briefing. It's Tuesday, February 27th, 2024. I'm Ash Bennington. I'm joined today by Dale Pinker trading coach at trade gate hub. Dale, welcome back to the show.
2: Oh, thanks Ash. I'm looking forward to having the conversation with you on turnaround Tuesday.
1: <laughs> well, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Dale, uh, let's hearken back to the last time you were on Real Vision Daily Briefing. You were looking for 105 on DXY, dollar index, of course. What do you see happening now? Okay, well, if
2: you put the dollar index chart up, I think we we're trading in the 102 level. And 105 was a technical area a little bit above 61.8. And it was achieved. Um, unless you really want to be uh, very cryptic about it. The high was 104.98. You know, to me, that's on the button. So anytime you're within 1% of a target. So 105. And we've had a nice break uh, from 105. Uh, at one point last week, we are at 103.30. So uh, viewers who took it seriously got out of their dollar longs. Maybe they went short uh, for just a trade and you had a profitable trade, still do. Uh, And if you can't make money after the market going your way for 130 pips in the Dixie, uh, you should turn off your platform because you have to learn money management and how to take partial profits. So, uh, you know, if you're there, take partial profits because I really think the day of the week, Ash, is uh, the big red number on Thursday, the PCE, which is going to impact yields and the dollar's last chance to put up some type of rally here.
1: So, Dale, let's talk about the future directionality here that you see for DXY, maybe some price targets if you'd like to go uh, in on that. Trend's been broadly higher over the last three months, call it beginning of the year, year to date. A little bit of a drift down here in the last couple of days. What do you see? Is there a secular trend here?
2: Well, I I believe the secular trend is uh, bearish because, I mean, you, you go back to where we were 20 years ago or five years ago, Uh, We've had intermittent rallies, we had a nice rally up towards 120, but um, I think we're on the precipice of beginning a bear move that's going to be, I think, fairly substantial. Uh, If the Dixie closes, closes under 103.80 after the PCE, to me, that's a sell signal that will be on our way to challenge par. And under par, you could come up with all kinds of targets at 95, Uh, same type of situation.
1: Wow. Wow. Did I, did I hear that? Right. All kinds of targets around 95.
2: Yeah. 95, 92, uh, you know, 120 euro. So I'm a dollar bearer and uh, I've been bullish a dollar since par. In fact, the last time I was on with you, we were trading around par, and I said, buy the dollar. So. Uh, I've been waiting for this to complete this bear market rally for a while. We had that high at 107, and then we came back down, and I thought we would retrace, which is exactly what, we uh, if, if viewers see the chart, is what we did. And the retracement at 61.8 was right around 105. We've come off, and now's the moment of truth for the dollar. Uh, when I look at the dollar chart compared to the 10-year, the 10-year looks better. Uh, We've had yields recover in the 10-year from 4.20 to over 4.30, and the Dixie has barely rallied on that. So um, when I look at the 10-year, maybe we go to halfway back, 4.40, extreme case, 4.60. But back under 4.20, you're going to see rates drop, and they could drop down to 3.60 to 3.30. Um, I think that will also be part of the bear case for the dollar
1: all right we got a lot of things we want to talk about here treasury market uh, rates I want to talk a little bit about the euro Uh, but first while we're talking about Dixie USD more generally I wanted to take a listen uh, to something here on Real Vision all this week at Real Vision we're hosting a series called how the pros do it, uh, and we're talking about research today. We had on two all stars: Brent Donnelly, president of Spectra Markets, and Peter Bukvar, CIO of Bleakly Financial Group, uh, with Maggie Lake. Let's take a look at that clip.
3: FX kind of it is two things. One, it obviously has a direct impact on, say, multinational earnings. Um, it has an impact on oil imports in Japan. Like, there's a lot of macro and micro impacts. But then it's also it also can be a barometer of capital flows. So like when the U.S. is the center of innovation, it's the only strong place for growth. Then you know that's reflected in a lot of places, not just Mag Seven, but also in the dollar. So yeah. I think a lot of times you can even if you're not in an FX person, you can use FX as kind of a barometer of of where the money's flowing because a lot of FX flows are real money. So people are buying an asset or buying, you know, buying stocks in Europe, or they're buying a company in Europe, and then they're buying euros in order to facilitate that transaction. So a lot of times I think FX is a good barometer for capital
1: flows overall, including emerging markets and G10. All right, first, I should say if you want research from pros like Brent and Peter, head over to realvision.com forward slash RV marketplace. That's realvision.com forward slash rv marketplace to see what rv member discounts are available for you uh by the way uh let's talk about this this notion that fx is a good barometer for capital flows more broadly uh particularly emerging markets in g10 uh dale what say you sir uh
2: definitely uh it's the deepest market it's uh uh, much larger than the bond market, which is much larger than the stock market. So I think it's a fulcrum of the wheel. If you get the dollar right, I think you could get um, the rest of the different asset classes correct. Uh, we've had a market where it's been all one market. And in, in general, it's been dollar up and markets down and is, uh, when it's been dollar down it's been risk on so uh we've seen a little bit of differentiation but pretty much uh the dollar is you know at times a wrecking ball and at times a jet fuel for a rocket ship
1: so, so let's talk about some of the things that uh, we teased uh before we took a look at that clip specifically uh euro usd trading right now on my screen uh one uh, a, a dollar uh, eight or thereabouts one point zero eight four five. Uh, what's your take on this? What's the call?
2: Okay, well the call was uh, one oh seven. Uh, I think we went one oh six eighty five. So you know, don't expect this all the time between uh, hitting the dollar on the nose and the euro very close. And we rallied almost to one oh nine. Uh, and we've had a pullback here with yields. And I was thinking before this week that the Euro could make one more attack at new lows. And I'm shifting that belief. You know, I was thinking we might go to 105.80 after a bounce. But this bounce has been uh, pretty extended. And the structure looks a little bit different to me. And I think the possibility of once we get through 109, we'll be at 111 in a heartbeat. Bears will come back in at 111, but back over 111, you're talking about 115 and then 120. So, uh, you know, if you have a dollar pop on a hot number, I'm a seller. So I'm a seller at, say, 104.20, 104.50. I'm a seller at 105.80. If we take out that 104.98 high, and I'm a seller at 103.80 on a close. So I, I'm i not at all looking to get long the dollar. I'm uh, looking for a shorting opportunities in the dollar.
4: Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Join over 5,000 attendees for the largest AI event in Asia at Super AI Singapore, June 5th and 6th, 2024. Raoul Pal, Benedict Evans, Balaji Srinivasan, Edward Snowden, and over 150 others will join the industry's most influential to explore and unveil the next wave of transformative AI technologies. Singapore will become a vibrant AI hub for a week, from June 3rd through June 9th, with over 150 side events that will make for unparalleled networking opportunities. Visit www.realvision.com forward slash super for 20% off tickets with the code REALVISION or click below.
0: I think we all know by now, things are pretty fucked out there for most of us. You see, whether it's currency debasement, rising real estate prices or wages that never go up, It's really hard. And one of the most popular things we ever did was that series, How to Unfuck Your Future. So we're going to do it again, March 11th, March 22nd. We'll discuss the problems at hand, no holes barred, and then we'll give you all the tips you need to unfuck your future. It just costs a dollar to join Real Vision to get access to all of this content. Go to realvision.com forward slash the future. I'll see you there. Let's unfuck your future together.
1: Dare I ask, at what point would you be a buyer?
2: Well, uh, I would say if we take out the uh, 78.6 level at 105.80, uh, 105.90, then, of course, the 107 is a layup and things have changed. And maybe guys that are talking about uh, Super Bowl market as the you know, best clean, dirty shirt in the laundry, uh, will be right. But if that's a case, uh, what we're going to have a crisis going on if, if the dollar's going to 120, I actually think that there was some type of arrangement made between Xi and Janet Yellen when he came to San Francisco that was set up when she went there to China and had dinner with some magic mushrooms in it that's a i mean that's what was reported that they were magic mushrooms and then he came to uh i know it's you know maybe it's a conspiracy anyway i she liked him <laughs> uh I read that so
1: uh <laughs> well psychedelics are red hot right now uh, are they I go, yeah absolutely
2: well i mean you look uh you look at our you you l- listen to the news and uh it's a it's a bad trip we're on so anyway, you look at uh, uh, what happened is China. Everyone's bearish China, but look at what shares have done. They've they've used some draconian methods, but I believe China was getting exhausted and under pressure to continue to stabilize the yen. They didn't want uh, the yuan. They didn't want the yuan to continue to weaken with a strong dollar, because they were burning through reserves. And it's costly to defend a a currency. That's why Japan only comes in when things are chaotic and they're very nervous about a level. And they've been in; they manage their currency. And uh, it could actually benefit the Fed. And with all the debt coming due, a weaker dollar uh, actually makes it easier for them to uh, sell debt. And It'll lead eventually to higher rates. But I think that a weaker dollar is um, basically helps. Uh, uh, you talked about emerging markets, uh, a weak dollar. And I think that you're going to see the money flow that Brent talked about shifting from the US to other opportunities overseas. Uh, you know, you just look around with a dysfunctional uh, Congress, it's broken. They can't get anything done. And you look at uh, what's happening. We have two candidates no one wants to vote for except people that, you know, consider, you know, have a religion with their politics. And uh, are people going to trust the results of this election? And if you were looking at America, who is a less reliable partner for Ukraine than Iran and North Korea is for Russia, Where is that uh, excellence that people talk about in the U.S.? I don't see it. And a lot of these things, I think, are going to cause people to want to diversify out of the U.S. markets into other opportunities, including Europe. Europe can always change alliances from depending upon us when we have candidates talking about – you know, not to, not honoring the NATO pact and swing towards China, and despite their problems, there's still a jug, a juggernaut, and uh, European-China uh, relationship becoming stronger is possible. Um, Egypt no longer wants to; it's illegal to use a dollar in Egypt, and that's how they plan to support their dollar. Our farmers are suffering with these low grain prices because China bought their grains from Brazil instead of coming to the U.S. to buy grains. So this de-dollarization theme, I think, is going to continue. And the instability in the U.S. of all of our institutions is making people nervous. They're going to be pulling dollars. Let
1: me ask you a question. You, You mentioned this. Uh, idea, this notion of a deal uh, between Secretary of Treasury and China, what would that deal look like? Would the idea here be uh, that it would be about acquiring U.S. debt? What's your sense of what that deal would be? Obviously, we don't know. This is speculative. Uh, But if that deal did happen, what, in your view, might that be?
2: A weaker dollar. Uh, How they achieve it, you know, through rate reductions, uh, through interventions, uh, to whatever they do behind the curtain. You know, that's probably a question for uh, someone like, uh, uh, what's his name, FedGuy12. Okay, so uh, he was on the desk. Maybe he knows. Uh, But I think that um, the evidence will be the direction of the dollar and that the U.S. dollar won stops depreciating and that takes the pressure off of China.
1: All right, Dale, I've got a chart for you real quick. Brian, if we could pull up that chart of PSIL. This is PSIL, uh, the uh, psychedelics ETF. How is that for an ugly chart? Maybe I wish I earlier. could
2: see it. Uh, I mean, they're all in small boxes for me today. I really can't see the charts, but um, uh, well, I don't l- know. Let
1: me, let me describe what you're seeing. You're seeing it ride <laughs> down from, uh, from about uh, $10 uh, to about a uh, buck fifty over a time horizon of uh, And where's
2: the, it listed?
1: I listed it like it listed it like 10 bucks. on what exchange? I, I think this is uh I think this is Nasdaq. No, I'm sorry, uh, it's Nasdaq. It's Nasdaq. Oh. Well, uh you know,
2: uh I I don't know. I have more important things to talk about, but uh <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I anyway, I I'm I'm starting to have flashbacks since you put that <laughs> chart up and I see Hold on. I see trails. Um, But, you know, something from 10 to 1, you know, uh, sounds Ponzi ish to me.
1: Yeah, maybe. That's why uh, I thought
2: it might be uh, an OTC, uh, bulletin board, pink sheet, uh, you know, where people can become their own Fed and use their stock as currency to dilute so they get paid.
1: Nope. This one's New York stock exchange. Maybe it's uh, a little bit early. Hey, listen, I want to pull up that chart uh, real quick of uh, Euro USD one more time here. And I want to, I want to ask you also about uh, what you're seeing. So is this, is this strictly a bearish call on the U S dollar or do you see some reason to be optimistic about the Euro or is it just less, Uh, uh, is it the less dirty? I'm actually
2: more uh, bullish longer term on the Aussie on commodity currencies because I'm, uh, becoming a commodity bull, you know, people I've been telling people to avoid, I think an important chart to bring up is the GDX weekly. Let's pull it up. We've covered the dollar. Let's move on to where people are really, um, underwater. And I was on in January saying avoid them. I was on last year saying, this is, this
1: is gold miners. We're talking about Yeah,
2: GDX and they're the blue chip gold miners, uh, last year. I said avoid them, that the cycle in miners was not due until 2024. I think we're approaching that time. uh, GDX around 24 and a half, I'll be probing alongside of different miners that I'm following, uh, that we could still take another 80, 90 bucks out of gold. We could still take another buck or so out of silver. And, GDX is trading. I don't know about twenty-six. There's probably still another ten percent on the downside in GDX in the coming days. So we are at the point, and you know, even looking at GDX uh at thirty-two, when I was saying avoid them, I guess the thing I could have done better is I could have shorted them, but I had a long bias long-term, so I didn't do it. And I just built up, uh, you know, my grub stake for beginning to buy when people start capitulating. And I think we're getting very close to that. I think we'll be there by the vernal equinox. We'll be there sometime.
4: uh We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing.
1: Vernal equinox. So we're uh, spring we're <laughs> cyclical uh, from literally uh, off uh, sun and moon cycles. Hey, listen, while we're talking WD about,
2: yeah. while,
1: while we're talking about uh, FX, when we're talking about rates, I wanted to take a look at TLT. I know this is a chart you brought. Uh, tell us what we're looking at here.
2: Okay. Well, uh, last time I was on, I said I thought there'd be a rally in yields that yields would uh, head higher. But by the way, let me just
1: describe this for folks who may not know. This is the iShares 20-plus year Treasury bond ETF. Uh, this moves proportionally to price, meaning inversely proportional to yield.
2: Exactly. So I was looking for lower TLT. As you can see, we're making new lows here and on the verge of it. And we haven't quite achieved even halfway back our 61.8. So I'm looking for a low between. Uh, 91 and 89, and then another ra- another bond market rally. Similar to what I just talked about in 10-year, that the 10-year could pop one more time, maybe 450, extreme case 460, and then head lower towards um, 380 to 330. Lower than 380, that was the most recent low 360 to 330. So Gosh, Jill, you're, we're you're a close. popular
1: man. We got, we got a lot of questions coming in uh, okay. for you. But before we do that, I know you also brought charts on Apple and Microsoft. Did you want to touch on those real quick or do you want to jump right? Yeah, let's
2: uh, touch on a- Apple because there's a lesson in this besides the price target. I like to teach. So as you can see, look at all the tests at 180. And look at in the last few times, the earnings. we had a good rally after earnings when it held 180, rally to 191. Last time I was on, I said I'd use strength in the market and the S and P's railing over five thousand as a shorting opportunity in Apple, which I did at those sixty-one eight level at the one ninety level. Uh we went to one eighty recently, bounced to about eighty-four, was pretty pitiful. And even today we traded under one eighty, and I believe we're gonna close above it. Now, here's a lesson. Learn to be skeptical when the market gives you multiple opportunities to buy or sell at a major technical point because good trades don't give you those opportunities. Maybe there's one retest after a breakout, Uh, but normally if you don't act on the breakout, you end up missing the move. So I think this is about the fifth time that we've tested 180. So Mr. Market is saying, yeah, you know, you're pretty slow, uh, You didn't. it was a quick move after earnings, but I'm gonna give you another chance last week. And you know what? I'm gonna give you another chance this week. To me, it's um, just setting up for a major failure on a close under 180. I think we could see 160 Apple in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, let me ask you a question uh, while you're teaching on this. I'm really curious to hear your answer. Uh, I'm a little bit of a nerd. I follow a lot of the tech news. There's a lot of talk in some quarters. Uh, obviously, there are you know varying opinions on this, but one of the things that you hear about Apple uh, is that many of the places where they have been making a lot of revenue, uh, those markets are maturing. They're becoming more commoditized, uh, things like uh, the iPhone market, the iPad market, uh, and that they may be positioned well with the Vision Pro, but it may still be a little while into the future before they can make that a regular source of revenue. When you hear that kind of fundamental analysis, uh, is that something that you take into account or do you just kind of tune it out and say, hey, listen, if it's not in the price, I don't care?
2: Well, um, before China had their government officials stop using iPhones, I predicted that uh, Xi would strike back at an American icon because of the trade war and then that happened and i guarantee you that this, their citizenry probably aren't using a lot of iphones anymore either if you lived in an authoritarian state and all the government officials were using other than iphones would you use an iphone hmm. oh there's a guy with the iphone what's that be you like? ash you'd have <laughs> to find somewhere to hide buddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yes I do take it that into would, account. That
1: would be almost like using a, an Android in media. Yeah. Everybody in media. Exactly. You're yeah. right. You would stand out. You so, stand.
2: uh yes, I do take that into account and uh uh China has no interest in seeing a continuation of Apple's success. And I I think that they've had bad earnings reports uh for a year now. And now they're going to try and save it with some type of AI play um i the chart also is ominous to me it looks like a head and shoulders top descending triangle it's a reversal formation so it all ties in
1: um, i just you know i just don't know just speaking putting on my my tech guy hat for a little bit following this not incredibly closely but moderately closely i don't know for iphone sales what they're going to be able to do on the hardware side that quickly uh, that's going to make the new iphone 16 16 pro max Uh, a major AI play. At this point, most of the differentiation is on the software side rather than the hardware side. Maybe that's something that's coming in the future. Maybe there is a major innovation, Uh, but boy, I have to say on balance, it would be really tough for Apple to pull a hardware. You're going to
2: make me want to double up tomorrow
1: morning, Ash.
2: (laughs) All right. So I mean, that's interesting. I I appreciate you uh, adding that to the bearish argument.
1: Uh, Listen, I could be wrong, but I just uh, don't, I just don't. Everyone's wrong, Ash. It's how you're wrong. Well, I'd I'd rather, you know, I like to, I like uh, looking at some of the the fundamentals in this. I just, I just don't see like what you can add to the new iPhone 16. I mean, I've been, yeah, I'll give you an example. Like, I was one of these guys who just constantly renewed their iPhone. Every year, a new one came out. I bit the bullet, I got whacked, whatever it was, five, six hundred bucks, and I bought a new one. I'm, I'm too out of date now. Um, this never happened before because it's just, they look essentially the same, like, well, the camera's a little bit better. I I just don't know what they're going to do to the 16. That's going to make it that compelling from a hardware perspective. I mean, everybody, as you, and you pointed it out perfectly, Dale, the buzzword is, you go, it's AI, it's going to be AI. Well, what are you going to do from the hardware side? That's going to have a a real kind of quantum leap effect on a, on a device when it's, it's all happening on the software side right now. Now, obviously there's going to be some, uh, some, maybe some, you know, edge versus, uh, Uh, center processing issue here. But I don't know that we're there yet, just from a tech perspective. You know what?
2: So that's the second largest uh, market cap. And I'm not calling for a crash or anything, but put up the Microsoft chart. I think we closed closed down today. Uh, This is number one in market cap, right? Biggest stock in the universe. NVIDIA hasn't caught it yet. Um, I'm looking at the potential of a right shoulder, of a head and shoulders top. Last week's uh, accelerated advance in the indices did not take Microsoft to new highs. And if it ekes out a new highs, uh, new highs not gonna confirm. It's been diverging, it diverged at the last high. And I think it's back under about uh, 298. Um, You're gonna get at least another $20 break. And then let's wrap it with um, the Dow chart because this is a classic example, and it's a weak sister. The generals are leaving the front lines. They're they're gonna they want to watch its next battle from their encampment, not at the front line. So if you put the Dow up and you look at that rising line, it's a rising wedge. Now look at the bottom on the RSI. So we've been diverging for several weeks now. Um, the Dow is a uh, much weaker chart formation, it underperformed on the way up and it's gonna lead the correction to the downside. Probably minimum, I think 1,500 points from here it would be the bottom of the wedge. So uh, it kind of all ties together, maybe uh, one more uh, pop in yields and um, pop in the dollar and the market correcting um, sometime into, march before it attempts another advance but that doubt chart does not look bullish to me
1: uh, by the way listen i'm not piling on here with apple but i just want to read you this lead uh the last hour breaking on bloomberg uh quote apple is canceling a decade-long effort to build an electric car according to people familiar with the matter abandoning one of the most ambitious projects in the history of the company this is literally uh, crossing here within the hour on Bloomberg.
2: I wonder if they'll rally the stock because they're finally getting out of a bad trade. Anyway, um, I, Apple's got problems. Yeah, I, it it would have to close back over say one ninety eight for me to say uh, it's okay. It's so kind of like Tesla needs to close over two hundred eight for it to stabilize as well.
1: Hey, Dale, um, while we're talking about while we're talking about round numbers, I, I'd be remiss here if I didn't mention. Bitcoin. I don't know if we have a chart oh. ready. Trading yep. at uh 56,810 on my screen right now. Oh, there it is. Yep. There's the chart coming up in just a second here. Uh obviously this has been this has been a considerable move uh up crossing 50,000 uh within the last couple of days here, I think on uh well, anyway, quite recently uh closing above 50,000 or closing out to uh, state remaining above 50,000 for more than a spike. A couple of bits of of news here for folks who are really following this closely. BlackRock's new spot Bitcoin ETF uh, over a billion dollars in volume for the second consecutive day today. And by the way, something that folks in the community are talking about, uh, and this is I'm reading from a Coindesk article here. I'm Kar Uh, Bitcoin funding rates jump to 100%. This is for the funding of the perpetual futures, which are a big deal uh, within the Bitcoin space. This is a, a significant indicator for folks who follow Bitcoin closely. But anyway, the chart speaks for itself uh dale any thoughts on it
2: i can't chase it i missed it i can't chase it i'll wait for uh this blow off to be over with and see how it settles so sometimes uh uh the right trade is no trade it's a no trade for me up here
1: uh, let's go to some questions because we've got them coming in fast and thick i hope we can get to a couple of them because we've got some really good ones uh the first one comes from ajs How much will this next Fed meeting impact markets? Uh, Boy, that's a big question.
2: I I think the market's leading the Fed. So uh, we'll see. Uh, You know, I think that that 60 minute program was about him. Paul trying to say that they're not going to monetize new fiscal debt and trying to preserve his legacy. But, um, you know, I look for Fed days Um, where I don't trade him because I don't know, you know, he's a little bipolar in December. He was Santa Claus and his last uh, presser, he was the Grinch. So I I don't know (laughs) what side of the bed he's going to get up on, on Fed Day next month.
1: Hey, by the way, probably, uh, or at least possibly by design, right? It's maybe it's about just keeping the markets off balance a little bit.
2: Well, they're 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 not off balance. Uh, he he lit the fire in December, so they're not off balance. They're euphoric,
1: and that so, is maybe the the genesis of the Grinch.
2: Yeah, and it hasn't had much impact.
1: No, it has not.
2: So uh, uh, has you know, maybe all. they're becoming less relevant.
1: Well, you know, I I guess it's it's maybe one of those things that they're they're less relevant until they until they lower the boom. Uh, Right now, I mean, to your point, uh, NASDAQ 100 trailing 12 months up, well, you know, just under, I mean, a shade under 50% right now. Yeah. After today's
2: close. So, uh, has he really, is that a Paul Volcker campaign? I thought he wanted to be Paul Volcker. I mean, he had the tools to do it. He could have hiked in between meetings. Like they used to. Therefore, Arthur Burns can talk tough, but I haven't seen it.
1: For for those who are relatively new to markets, uh, being called Arthur Burns is not a compliment.
2: It's like being called Herbert Hoover in a way. (laughs)
1: Yes, (laughs) yes, extremely well said. (laughs) A little history Uh, lesson here. Macro Butler asks Dale, could the JPY strength be a catalyst? For DXY weakness. What, what's going on in Japan, man? This side Nikkei 225, you know, one of the oldest cliches wow. in markets was they never regained its 1989 high. Nope, now they're back over it.
2: Yeah. So you had to hold for 40 years. Right?
1: <laughs> you, <you're,
2: laughs> your grandchildren will are now even when they inherit your portfolio. Yeah, um,
1: you know well, what? At, I am looking look at, I'm looking, looking look for a top Japan pair. I'm
2: looking uh, for a shorting opportunity between 51 and 52. 151 and 152. Maybe it'll it's, be after the PCE this week. We're close. USD,
1: USDJPY right now at 150, basically 150.50.
2: Yeah. Thereabouts. Yeah. I give actionable ideas, buddy. I love it. I don't go here. I don't go. Well, if it goes up, but they sell it and comes back down, but yet support comes in and it recovers, it could rally again.
1: Yeah, lot, lots of guys have made a career on cable television with just that kind of analysis. Yeah. I don't understand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I could do it, I could imitate it. That was so perfect. go ahead, trade that. <laughs>
1: Uh, anyway. here, here's a good one for you Uh Mark Naismith, uh, B Dale with your view on DXY, are you looking for gold to do? Well, what about what's well, Let's just take that first part of it. Yes.
2: I think there's uh, you know, maybe one break I'm expecting gold. If we have one more break, um, back up the truck at 1950, 1940 is 61, eight back. And I also believe the miners, people are so discouraged in the miners. I mean, here's an example. Uh, the chart I brought on majestic, uh, the recent low has been about 420. You have to go back to the COVID low to have these levels. Okay. And, uh, silver at that time when AG was 420 during the COVID crash was $11. So silver is 10 full dollars higher with the shares testing levels when it was 11 is some, is there a reversion to the mean trade here? I think, yes.
1: Uh, I think we had time for one more question. Let's, let's try and keep it uh, on FX uh, who won two says great analysis. Thanks. Uh, why has the pound been so flat lately? Any thoughts on the pound?
2: I don't know. Um, you know, uh, i i do think there's been a shift in trend on euro pound okay which is kind of a bearish sign for the dollar for a long time eg has been going down learn to trade or at least watch eg so you know what your preferred long and short is so like right now if you're uh, bullish a dollar the pound's a better short and if you're bearish a dollar the euro's a better long so um I, I can't explain it. Uh, there's been a, such a lack of volatility, but maybe that's just uh, the calm before the storm. I thought we'd go to 123.50 before the next rally. So we'll see. Maybe it could happen. Maybe euros bottomed and cable hasn't. That'd be interesting. I'd like to see, um, you know, the year, I'd like to see a euro pound hold these recent
1: lows. So if yours bottom and cable hasn't that implies uh that there's more headwinds uh for uh the pound yeah mm-hmm. there are a
2: lot of people pretty bearish in i know okay and well, uh you know uh, they say what happens in the u k happens there first and america second so they had the you know that guilt crisis uh when the pound was trading down there at 110 and it wasn't long after that where we started having uh, real severe breaks in our sovereign debt market, too. So I, I think we are, in the next few years, going to go through, that's where all the debt's been created, government debt across the globe, that it probably starts in Europe. And I don't think a stronger euro is going to make it any easier. And then it shifts to Asia and then washes
1: upon the shores of America. But I By, think the, there by, is by a, the way, to your point earlier, you, you also see in the UK, much of what we're seeing here in the United States, which is a a broad sense of uh, a large swath of the population who just does not like the choices that they're getting at the polls.
2: Yeah. And, you know, uh, they have a more difficult economic situation than we do because uh, most of their homeowners do not have 30 year mortgages locked in at three. I think they have to roll them every five years, seven years. So a lot of people are losing their homes based upon interest rates tripling.
1: Yeah, it's a significant and material difference that is just not the case uh, in the U.S. We had it a bit. uh, It caused a financial crisis, but by and large, a much higher proportion of long-dated fixed rates here in the U.S. in the mortgage market. It's always awesome when you join us on this show, man. And this was no exception. Terrific show. Final thoughts, key takeaways that you'd like to leave our viewers and our listeners with.
2: Uh, Find ways to diversify out of the dollar because I I know, look, I, you know, I I have a lot of my assets in uh, the dollar, you know, buy some physical metal, um, look at some fiats that will outperform uh, because really that's the, whatever you own, whatever your asset is, it's priced in dollars. So learn how you can diversify out of just having your holdings in dollars look elsewhere the the world is a big place
1: Dale, thank you so much for joining us Uh, i love the fact that you're never afraid to call it like you see it and take a stand uh dale pinker TradeGate hub thanks so much for joining us
2: great to be with you ash thank you
1: thank you all so much for watching or for listening to the real vision daily briefing today remember if you want access to research from the pros head over to realvision.com Forward slash RV marketplace. That's realvision.com forward slash RV marketplace to see what RV member discounts are available. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. See you all then. Have a great afternoon, everybody.
4: We hope you enjoyed this episode. At Real Vision, we arm you with the expert knowledge, time efficient tools, and a powerful network to help you succeed on your financial journey. Get a taste of financial freedom with our free offer at realvision.com forward slash free.
0: Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy.